all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed. Uh huh. He life. Shout it out. I said, shout that out. Hallelujah. Amen. Remain standing if you would. Go to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Of course, our confession is not, I'm on my way to my promised land. I'm going to get there one day. Our confession is always now. And we're going to deal with that today. Revelation 1, 6. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. And once you have it, say, I have it. You still look and say, hold on. You by Genesis, say, Jesus. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1, verse number 6. Now, we've been here, and he has what? No, 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 no. He has what? Stop right there. And he has what? And watch this. Look at your neighbor. Say, you have no choice in the matter. God has made you a king and a priest in the story. Now, watch this. And he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, when you go another place, go to Job 22. Uh, Job 22. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While you're turning there, do not forget that uh, 20 minutes uh, today following service... There'll be a team meeting in the foyer that's going to be going out and uh, uh, evangelizing and inviting people. And you need to be a part of that. Amen. So do not forget that today. Amen. You got it, Job twenty-two twenty-eight. I said, you got it? Uh, it says this. You will also what? <clears throat> Declare a thing and it shall be what? Established for what? For you. So light will shine on what? Your ways. Now, now watch your neighbor. Look at him. Look at him. Say, neighbor. Whatever you've been declaring is what's been established. So if you don't like what you see, you need to change what you say. Now go one more place. Go to Proverbs 6. One more place. Proverbs 6. Let's hear from perhaps one of the most wise men, but perhaps also one of the most foolish men. Solomon was wise when it came to finance and economics, but he was very ignorant when it came to relationships. He didn't know how to look out for who it was that he had walking with him. And sometimes you need to check the folk around you and see whether or not you got armor bearers or pallbearers, because there's a difference. Proverbs 6, I want you to go to verse number 2. When you have it, say, I have it. You. Now, now, now just say your name. Now, now this means this is talking to you, because you are you. It says, you are what? Snared by the what? And you are also what? Taken by the words of your mouth. Now, now look at the verse again. It does not say you're snared by the devil. It does not say you're snared by Big Mama Nim. It does not say you're snared by Pookie Nim. It says you are snared by the what? Words of your own mouth. 
and you are taken by the words of your what? Mouth. Look at your neighbor and encourage him one more time. Say, neighbor, there's a law in the kingdom called the law of confession. Say, are you breaking it? Father, I decrease now that you might increase. Speak now in this place, God. Customize this word and tailor make it for everybody under the sound of my voice, God. I'm speaking to kings and priests, not losers and mistakes and accidents and all that. No, and all that's gone. I'm speaking to a nation of kings and priests under the sound of my voice. And I declare that this is the time that the saints of the Most High God shall rise up and possess the kingdom. And it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just have five, two or three people on your way down. Say the law of confession. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I'm going to get as far as I can this morning and we're going to finish the rest of this tonight. Uh, please understand this. I've ministered on this on both the 10th as well as the 17th of January, and you need to make sure that you get those CDs as well. Uh, but we're going to take it another further today. Somebody say another further. Uh, please understand this. The kingdom works like this, where kings exercise the authority that they've been given. Please understand, a king has been given delegation. He's been given rule. He's been given reign over the things that God has set him over. So as a king and a priest, God has given you divine authority pertaining to the things of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, now, please understand this. The way that a kingdom works is that a king sits down on his throne and a king issues a decree. Say decree. Now, the way a decree works is that anything that a king decrees, that thing must come to pass. It has to come to pass because that king is the sovereign ruler, meaning undisputed ruler of that territory. Now, I'm here to make an announcement to you because a lot of folk have been given a lot of bad information about who's in control of their lives. I'm here to tell you Satan is not running your life. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I'm here to tell you the devil is not in charge of what's going on pertaining to you. I'm here to tell you that car accident wasn't the devil. I'm here to tell you that Satan doesn't have it like that. Look at somebody say he doesn't have it like that. Uh, please understand you are a king and God says I have now given you sovereign rule over your life. But the way that you rule is through your mouth. Please understand a lot of people in the body of Christ. Well, if God wants me to have it, I'll have it. Can I, can I just bust that up? That's not true. Bishop, what do you mean that's not true? God wanted for the children of Israel to possess the promised land, yet they never did in its entirety. Even though it was his desire, they could never seem to match their actions up with their confessions. And since their confessions didn't match their actions, they didn't get the fruit they desired. I'm here to tell you that you are where you are today because of whatever it is you've been confessing. And I'm here to make an announcement to you that you can change your future when you learn how to change your mouth. I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying. Now watch this. Go to Ephesians 5.1. Now I told you we're taking this another further. Go to Ephesians 5.1. Say, I am a king. Don't you let religion sit up and tell you you're a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You are the righteousness of God. I'm not trying to get right. I'm not working on it. I am right when he looks at me. Not because of what I've done, but because of what he did. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you're righteous. Look at the other one and say, you're a holy roller. But don't let me catch you riding dirty, though. That just, just <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians 5.1. Therefore, be what? Imitators of God as what? Dear children. Now, watch this. Here's what that means. He says, be imitators of God. Say that. Be. Now, here's what that means. That means that the way my Christianity shows forth is in my ability to imitate God. Now, the question is, is what am I imitating? Say, what am I imitating, Bishop? Well, watch this. You got to understand that everything that began and everything that is started as words. God did not come down out of heaven and walk on the earth and start making water. He spoke it. God did not come down on earth and start making trees. He spoke them, which means if I've got to be an imitator of God, I need to quit using and working hard. I need to start working smart. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God says, be imitators of me, which means whatever he did, I got to do. Now, I want you to go to another place. Go John 6, 63. John 6, Gospel of John, Gospel of John. I want you to see this. You're going to use your Bible a whole lot today. I want you to see this. John 6 and 63. I'm going to show you what your words are. Uh, your, your words are more powerful than you know. Say that. My words, My words. are more powerful then I know. People say, if we really understood the power of our words, it changed some of the stuff we say. Amen. And we're going to deal with this today. 
Look at your neighbor and say, this is going to be good for you. It's going to be real good for you. John 6, 63, it says this. It is the spirit who gives what? Life. The flesh profits what? Nothing. The words I speak to you are what? Spirit. And they are what? Life. Now watch this. Watch this. If I'm to be an imitator of God, if the words he speaks are spirit, by deductive logic, the words I speak are Are y'all here? Which means when something comes out of my mouth, it's doing far more than what I see it doing because I can't see what's going on in the spirit. That's why somebody can come up in your house talking all crazy and making all kind of noise and it changed the whole environment in your house. Why? Because those words they just spoke were spirits. Ah, watch this. Uh, 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 this. So, so, So watch this. In Genesis, watch this. God did not confess the fact that it was dark. See, because this is where we mess up. We, we confess what it is rather than what it should be. So you're real spiritual, but that neighbor of yours, your neighbor says, well, it just seems like I never seem to get ahead. And because that's their confession, that's what they experience. Are you still here? I said, because that's their confession, that's what they experience. Now watch this. Uh, God did not say, behold, it is dark. The Bible does not say in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And then God said, it's dark out here. No. Instead, he confessed what it was he desired to see. So God didn't confess what he saw. He confessed what he saw when he didn't see. Are you still here? Uh, Now watch this. Please understand. God said, let there be what? Light. Now please understand, in Genesis, when God says, let there be light, he is not talking about literal lights as we would think of it today because the sun, the moon, and the stars were not created until later on around verse 12, 13 in Genesis. So when God said, let there be light, the first thing God did is he said, let there be the knowledge of me. Because when I'm known, everything that is out of order and messed up and jacked up has got to come into order and it's got to come to subjection. I'm going to tell you, if your house and your kids it's out of order. The reason is, is because you ain't said let there be. You confess darkness. And so even if they acted like Freddy Krueger, Jason, and Mikey Myers, I speak to them and say, you are a mighty man of valor. You are a king and a priest. Why? Because I don't confess what I see. I confess what I see, what I don't see. Are you still here? Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, there were very few times where Jesus laid hands on people. Most of the time, Jesus just spoke. You know why it worked when he spoke? Because he was full of himself. John chapter 1, the gospel says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ, or the Theanthropos, the God-man, you know what I'm going to say, so much God you couldn't believe he was a man, so much man you could not believe he was God. Uh, Theanthropos, Jesus, he was the Word wrapped in a suit called flesh. So that means, now, but watch this, Jesus, as he was coming up as a little boy, he spent time around the preachers, and he spent time studying the word. So by the time Jesus started his public ministry when he was 30, he was so full of himself that when he spoke, what he desired to see came to pass. Are you still here? Uh, Jesus did not rebuke and bind and all, oh, we just come against this foul tormenting spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. He didn't do all that. When Lazarus was dead, Bible says, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And right after he finished crying, he said, Father, you hear me, and you always hear me. Lazarus, let's go. You making me late. We got to get to Jerusalem. Now we running behind because you sitting in there playing these games, talking about you dead. Let's go, boy. Are you still here? Ah, now watch this. Go to 2 Corinthians 10. I told you you're going to use your Bibles a lot today. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. You getting this? I'm going to show you how to, because you know what we talk a lot, a lot of hype preachers in the body of Christ, and I'm not trying to be critical, but you know, a lot of hype preachers, you know, God's getting ready to do this, God's going to do this, God's going to do this. Anybody have been told that? God's going to do this, God's going to do it. And all the stuff they say God's going to do, you're like, well, when? 
And where he at? You're going to the next level. And you're like, well, I don't know what level it is I'm on. So how would I know that I've ascertained the next thing when I haven't yet figured out where I'm at? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So that's why you can't just get hype when you come to church. You got to get the word of God that you can take home and use it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even on Sunday, man. Because if I can't use what you're saying every day, what you're saying is a mess. And a hot one at that. Just turn it over to Jesus. You turn it over to Jesus. Just trust God. What does that mean? Just put it in his hand. Can I tell you, you know what he does? He looks back at you and says, take it back. Why? Because you're a king and you're a priest and I've given you authority. You just don't know it yet. But after I finish this today, you're going to know what you got and you're going to know how to use it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now I said, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want you to go to verse number 4. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. When you got it, say, I have it. Uh, watch this. He says, for the weapons. Now, saints love these verses. Because we say it all the time. Because we get, oh, I'm fighting the devil. No, you ain't. For the weapons of our what? Warfare are not what? Carnal. But mighty in God to do what? Pulling down strongholds. Well, what is a stronghold? It's when it has a hold on all three parts of your humanity. You are a spirit that has a soul, which is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions that lives in a physical body. So a stronghold now has a grip on all three of those parts of your existence. He says the weapons you have will stop all of that stuff. Okay, let me... me, me, me. You you have a... I know you're spiritual, but your neighbor. This is for me and them. Um... you, you ever been through a situation and just not seem to be to get over it? Yes, yes. You, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You, you ever been in a relationship with somebody and you just can't seem to get over it? Because every time the song comes on, that's our song. That was our jam. Jam. Oh, y'all supposed to be saved. Come on, Teddy Jam. <laughs> why? Why? Because it has a stronghold. It attached itself to your flesh. It attached itself to your spirit. And it attached itself to your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. So it's a stronghold now. You can't seem to let it loose. But look at your neighbor and say, I have a weapon. Already. See, that's the problem. See, that's the difference between church and kingdom. Because the church tells you you may get the weapon one day if you have enough faith. Kingdom tells you you already have the weapon. You just got to know how to use it. Look at the neighbor and say, I already have my weapons. I got everything I need. As Luke 17, 21, the kingdom is in me. I'm not trying to get it externally. It already exists in me. Now, watch this. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down what? Arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, what are the arguments? The arguments are occurring between you with yourself. Your flesh will argue with your spirit, and your spirit will argue with your mind, and your mind will turn back and argue with your spirit. That's what the Bible says, the flesh and the spirit. These two are contrary to one another. They hate one another. They loathe the existence of one another. So he says, when you realize these weapons you have, it'll cast all that down. Are you still here? Watch this. Uh, 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 bringing itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into what? Captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your what? Obedience is fulfilled. Now watch this. God says, these weapons you have are really powerful. But, but notice, he doesn't tell you what the weapons are. Are you still here? He, he doesn't say what the weapons are. He tells you what they'll do. He doesn't say what they are. Now, I've taught you on some of those weapons before. Today, I'm going to give you a very powerful one. Say confession. Now, the word confession is not how we would think of confession just saying something. Uh, The word confession in Greek is homo legeo. Homo legeo. uh, H-O-M-O-L-E-O-G-E-O. If you didn't get it, get the CD. (laughs) Homo legeo. Now, homo meaning the same. Legeo meaning confession. So here's what God says confession is. Confession is not just getting up and saying, hallelujah, I got strength like Superman. God ain't never said that. 
Confession, according to God, is not getting up and saying, uh, you know, uh, 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 all this stuff that, that we say that sounds spiritual but ain't in the Bible. Amen. Well, cleanliness is close to God. That ain't in the Bible. You take one step, God stakes two. That ain't in the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? According to God, confession means I say the same thing he says. I need you to get this. Confession to God means I say what he says. Or in other words, it means I agree with him. That's what confession means. Homo legale. I agree with him. Got it? So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, uh, uh, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, that God sent Jesus Christ, all that. You believe that? Romans 10. You believe that? Now watch this. The reason that works isn't because it sounds spiritual. The reason that works is because you're agreeing with what God said. I, I, need, I need you to get this. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get this. The reason that confession works is not because it sounds spiritual and sounds religious and sounds all churchified. The reason that works is because God says, you are agreeing with what I've already said. And since you're agreeing with me, I'm agreeing with you. And Matthew 18, 19, wherever two agree on anything, that thing shall be done for them. So then the law of confession for the kingdom means not just getting up and confessing and claiming stuff. It ain't naming and claiming in the kingdom. Because some of the stuff you naming is married to somebody else. So it is not naming and claiming. Confession according to God means I agree with what he said. And based on that, we have homo legeo. We agree. And God says, that's confession. Look at your neighbor and say, that's confession. I said, are you still here? Uh, now watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, there's even songs in the body of Christ that we sing that God says, because uh, watch this, the opposite of confession is unbelief. The opposite of agreeing with God is doing what? Disagreeing with God. So we'll sing stuff, you know, uh, Jesus will work it out. And let me tell you, now I know we love it because, you know, church folk, you know, we, we love all that. But, but that song ain't belief. I know the man that wrote it. Beautiful song. Uh, problem is, problem is, that ain't kingdom. Why? Because that ain't homo legale. Jesus will work it out. So that means you're convinced he hasn't already worked it out. Which means you're asking him to do something he's already done. And what's this? And when I don't realize what I already have, I'll keep asking for it. The reason sometimes we're asking and praying for stuff because we don't realize we've already ascertained it. And so you're sitting up praying for a man, praying for a woman, and God says what you don't understand is you already whole. And if you got to have a man or a woman to make you whole, then there's something lacking. <laughs> Are you still here? Uh, now watch this. Light bill do. Gas bill too. Well, and we... That's a rebuke. That's nothing to shout about. Listen, if you ever had your lights turned now, you ain't in there shouting. You speak it in tongues that you don't need no interpreter. Used to. You saved now. You're kingdom now. Look at the I'm kingdom now. Now I says, say confession means to say what he says. <clears throat> now watch this. Go to Mark 11. Go to Mark 11. Go to Mark 11. And again, I'm going to get as far as I can this morning, and we're going we gonna to finish this up tonight, and we're going to get your confession right. Because I'm here to tell you the only enemy between you and where you want to be is your mouth. I'm going to say it again. Quit talking about the devil. He ain't got it like that. Do you know he can't even approach you without first getting permission from God? And if God, oh, Bishop, what are you talking about? Read Job chapter 1. The Bible says Satan was walking on the earth to and fro. And please understand what he was doing is he was trying to find somebody he could devour. And he goes up into heaven and has a meeting with God. That's why I don't understand saints is talking about I'm stomping on the devil's head. He ain't down there. He's up there meeting with God accusing you. I'm going to show you all this in just a moment. So you can see it in the scriptures for yourself. Watch this. And God volunteers Job. And says, have you considered my servant Job? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not in, uh, Lord, you know, I love you, but please. If you volunteering folk to go through stuff, 
I love you with all my heart, my mind, soul, and strength. But if you volunteering somebody, please, Jesus, oh, Lord, please pick somebody else. Now, what till you go? Mark 11, uh, go to verse uh, number 12. Now, the next day, when they had come from Bethany, he was what? Why was he hungry? He was hungry. He was a man. He was hungry. He was a hungry man. Now watch this. Watch this. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he'd find something on it. But when he came to it, he found nothing but what? Leaves. Watch this. The leaves indicated that there should have been some fruit. But when he got up on it, he discovered that there was no fruit. And so Jesus says, listen, um, uh, uh, it may be some fruit over there because there's some leaves on that tree. And leaves are the indication that there should be some fruit there. He goes over the tree and he sees no fruit. Now, now, Now watch this. There's stuff in all of our lives that should be bearing more fruit than it is. Come on, get with me. You got to get with me. There's situation. If we can be real and take our halos off for just a moment, I can see it. If you can take it off for just 35 seconds, we can be honest and say there's areas in our life that are not producing fruit like they should be. And we keep praying to God, God fix it, God fix it, God fix it. And God looks right back at you and says, do you not know what I've made you? You're asking me to fix something you are the king of. If I'm king of kings and lord of lords, why don't you start acting like me? God never keeps a problem more than 24 hours. You're not hearing what I'm saying. There's problems that's been going on in your life for too long. And watch what Jesus does. He looks at the fig tree. And sees no fruit. Now, now watch this. He, he could have said, uh, Father, please let there be some fruit on this tree. He, he, he could have he did that. That's not what he did. Look what he said, verse 14. In response. No, 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 wait a minute. Response would indicate that there was a dialogue that was started. Are y'all here? <laughs> I didn't realize trees could talk because the Bible says Jesus answered him. You're not hearing what I'm saying. There's stuff in your life that's talking to you. But when you realize you are king, you start talking back to. I wish somebody would act like I'm preaching way better than you saying anything. The Bible says, watch this. In response, O King James says, Jesus answered him and said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Notice he didn't pray. He didn't say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let no one eat fruit. He is Jesus. He didn't do that. And look at what the verse says, verse 14. And his disciples did what? Heard it. Watch this. Let me, let me help you. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, uh, listen to this real close. Tell them. There is fruitless stuff in your life. We all got some. And from the pastor to the plumber. Everybody got something that's not bearing the fruit that it should be. What is the fruit? It's the results. See, here, here, here's the deal. If the gospel works, it's more than just an emotional fix. God says in the new kingdom era, God says, I'm sick of churches that really are crack houses. Where you get enough fix. God says, you are a. Now watch this. Say this. Say God is not a deadbeat dad. He's not. Religion makes you think he is because religion tells you you got to beg him. And you got to tarry on the altar for four and five hours. And after all that tarry and them same folk get up and don't have no victory. And I'm trying to figure out how is it then that that's getting you fruit. 
It's not because that's the era that God is pulling us out of. God has been overthrowing now so he can get a revelation of his kingdom to his people. Because the revelation of the kingdom is he's not getting ready to do anything. Everything has been and is done. No, 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 watch this. Let me help your neighbor because I need to say this so that they get it. What will make your life different than it is right now? Watch this. Is not just about how you praise, which you need to do. It's not just about how you worship, which you need to do. It's not just about how you pray, which you need to do. It's about how you confess. Bishop, what do you mean? Jesus answered the fig tree. And because he was disappointed with what he saw, he told it what to do. Okay, okay. All right. I knew we get to this point. The reason there's areas of our lives that don't have fruit and they're still there is because we haven't learned how to answer fig trees. Are you still here? Uh, I'm going to slow it down. Say, I have the power to answer every fig tree. When a situation shows up in your life, do you confess it or do you confess what he said about it? Because if you confess it, what you're saying is it's more powerful than what he said about it. Are you still here? Uh, now watch this. Say, what will make my life different is how I answer fig trees. Which means if there's financial lack in your life, you don't sit up and sit there and beg God. You look at the financial lack because I'm here to tell you that money can hear you. Oh, Bishop, no, it can't. Then why did Jesus say, say ye unto this mountain? A mountain is an inanimate object. A fig tree is an inanimate object. What was Jesus proving? Since your words are spirit, there's some, they're doing something you have the ability not to be able to see. Which means when I speak, my words are going behind the scenes and doing stuff behind the curtain. And then when the curtain's unveiled, all I see is fruit. Are you still here? No, 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 watch this. Say, I will answer. With what God says. Now, now watch this. Your seed or your words or the word is your answer. Okay. Now, are you still here? Jesus looked at that problem. Now, he could have he prayed about it. He could have fasted. He didn't do all that. He answered it and said, no one's ever going to eat fruit from you ever again. And because that was his confession... If you read on later in the chapter, the tree withered and it died. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't talk to trees on a regular basis. I don't know. This is Denver, and I'm finding things are a little different. Where I'm from, we don't talk to trees. We got a lot of them. We don't talk to him. Now, watch this. Watch this. Jesus needed you to understand the principle that your words and your confession have the ability to affect things that are not living, breathing organisms. Okay. Now, let, let, me, let me give you an example. Now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I, there, there used to be a saying, you know, in the country, you know, one of the things they used to say, big mama used to say, in, in the country, every big mama used to say this, you got to turn them lights out because my light bill going to be... Come on, y'all. Come on. Y'all seen Southern shows on TV. The Big Mama's light bill been $34 for the last 17 years. And she is incumbent upon keeping that bill at that low rate. And she says, if you don't cut them lights out, my light bill is going to be sky high. Now, I, I found myself, because it's colloquialism, and I found myself saying it in a joking, jesting way. And I was joking. I'd tell my son stuff. I'd say, listen, y'all turn them lights out. Y'all want my light bill to be sky high? I'd tell him. You know you do it too. You still turn the TV off when it's lightning outside. You know you do. Got that plastic on them couches. Just joking. Now watch this. I have been saying that for years, joking. 
And then December came of this last year. And I opened the debt, I mean Excel. And I looked at the bill. And my light bill was sky high. No, I'm not just talking about winter heating. No, 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 no. It was three times what it normally is. And I looked at the thing. I said, Satan, I'm back. <laughs> you're a liar. You foul tormenting spirit. And the Lord instantly spoke to me and he said, son, I needed to prove something to you. I said, what's that? He said that even though you meant it as a joke, it was the spirit that came to pass. So we say little stuff. Oh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. We, we say little stuff that we don't pay no attention to. Somebody asks you, how you doing? Oh, child, I'm just holding on. Which means, here's what holding on means. I'm in a struggle, and I don't want to hold on, but, you know, like I'm holding on just because I got a little strength left. And Lord knows I'm tired. Are you still here? Now, 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 now watch this. Uh, Jesus did not keep that problem for longer than 24 hours. You do not have to keep any problem. If you keep it longer than 24 hours, you like it. Because in 24 hours, I done already got a confession, say what he says about whatever's come in, so that that thing's got to go. Now, here, here's where we mess up. We mess up because we don't see it instantly change. And since it doesn't instantly change, we don't realize that that spirit went out and instantly brokered a deal and signed the deal. Are you still here? Say, I refuse. Shout it. Say, I refuse to keep a problem longer than 24 hours. Now, now let me show you something. Let me show you something. Go to 1 Samuel 17. I want to show you something. 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. Hallelujah. Kings and priests, that's who you are. You're somebody. Matter of fact, you ought to, when you start getting dressed in the mirror, you ought to look at just, just say, good God Almighty. <laughs> Jesus. You got to realize that when God made you, he broke the mold. Ain't nobody ever going to be like you. Ain't nobody going to be able to do it like you do. And stop letting people make you feel bad about who it is God has made you to be. Sitting up talking about, Ty, what you got on, that ain't the style. No, you crazy, man. What you got on ain't the style. I set trends. I don't follow them. I wish the real kings would shout in here. I'm an influencer. I'm not one to be influenced improperly. Are you still here? Now, now watch this. I'm going to show you something. I may, I may, not, I may have to stop here. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, and I want you to go to verse number 46. 1 Samuel 17, verse number 46. Now watch what it says. Now, you know the story of David and Goliath, and, and we preach it and all that, and there's a series you need to get called The Lion, the Bear, and the Giant that'll really help you. You can get that out of Resource Center and Cafe. But, but I want you to see something. We, what's this? If you just read it on the surface level, you'll think that the reason David was able to beat Goliath was because of his smooth stone. Now, that's true because the five smooth stones represented grace, represented favor, and represented what uh, David had at the time, which was Torah, which was the only word of God they had. So he used the word to overcome Goliath. That's true. But there's another further there. Look at the name say there's another further. Now, now, if I was in Bible college, I'd take you real deep into it so you could see all the depth of it. But since I'm not there, I just want you to see three verses here. 1 Samuel 46. You got it? Now watch this. This is David. Watch this. Confessing something to Goliath. Watch this. He says, this day. Now watch this. David said, I'm not keeping you longer than 24 hours. So not next week, I says, not someday. That's the problem with our confession. It's always future-oriented. One day I'm going to be walking in my destiny. As long as that's your confession, you're always going to be one day away. You'll never apprehend it because you don't believe it's now. You believe it's tomorrow. And you know where you're caught? You're caught in between two thieves. Watch this. This day, the who? Lord. Now you'll see Lord is capitalized there, which means it's his what? Covenant name. Yod-Heh-Wav-Heh. 
God says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. He doesn't, watch this, I love David because watch this, even though he's saved, he still got a little street. No, 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 what? <laughs> David wasn't polite with his enemy. Um, well, listen, uh, I believe that we, we, what we seem to have here is a failure to communicate. And uh, I want for us to be able to communicate and get an under. He didn't do all that. He said what? This day. Now, watch, watch this. This day, what? The Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will what? Strike you and do what? Take your head from you. David got a little gangsterish. I was joking with some of my sons the other day. I said, I'm going to bring some men in the church that I'm going to intentionally keep unsaved. <laughs> I said, I'm not letting them come pray to prayer. Because <laughs> just in case. Amen. See, because you got to remind yourself, you say, if I keep them unsaved, they... <laughs> what you say about Bishop? Watch this. He says, this day. Somebody shout this day. I said, shout this day. Uh, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you, and I'm going to take your head from you. He tells him exactly what he's going to do to him, when he's going to do to him, and what the end result's going to be. It's not enough to confess I'm the head and not the tail. You need to tell the thing that's been keeping you that you the tail how you're going to become the head. So he gets specific. Somebody say specific. Uh, he says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I'm going to cut your head off and I'm, I'm going to kill you. And that's it. Amen. Amen. Now, Goliath is very tall. Somebody say very tall. Uh, I think it's something like 11 feet, uh, 10 and a half feet plus a span that he is. He's tall. He's like the Kimbe Tumbo's big cousin. He don't play for the Nuggets no more, does he? Oh. Bless you, Kimbe. Watch this. Ah. Say this day. This day. Then he, look what he says. And this day, say it again. I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not say with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the what? Lord's, and he will give you into what? Our hands. Now watch this. He says the battle is the Lord's, yet he's out there in a position to fight. Now that's interesting now, because if the battle is the Lord's, why wouldn't he just sitting at home? No, 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 no. Because he needed to show up to look the thing in the face. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes God will make your life uncomfortable and make you confront some stuff head on so that he'll see what it is that you say to it. And sometimes it's not until you get out of your comfort zone that you'll be able to realize what it is you got, who you're made of, what you're made of. And so God said, Goliath, I even though the battle's mine, you're going to have to take your tail out there and you're going to have to confess what it is I already said to you. Now watch this. David did not beat Goliath because of a rock. He beat Goliath because of what he confessed to Goliath. You, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. David says to Goliath, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to kill you. In other words, he says, I'm going to massacre you today. And then all of your friends, we're going to kill them too. And we're going to feed them to the animals. And this day, the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. In essence, to say, any questions? Uh, look at your neighbor and say, any questions? Look at me and say, any questions? Uh, no, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Go to verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. No, 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 no. David ran towards his enemy. Let me help your neighbor. You, you, when the scripture talks about uh, the, the armor that we have, put on the whole armor of God, the, the, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, the belt of truth, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, you'll notice there's nothing for your back. 
You want to know why there's nothing for your back? Because I should never be running away from anything. I should always be running toward it. And I'm going to tell you, if you're running away from your problems, you're going the wrong way. And if you're asking God to get you out of your mess, you're going the wrong way. God says, I don't want to get you out of it. I want to take you through it. Why? Because you need to find out that there really is a king inside you. And sometimes the only way you're going to find that king is when you got to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But like David, I'll be able to say, I'll feel no evil. Why? Because I know you've been with me the whole time. Now, 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 now. Touch your neighbor and say, stay with him. Now, now watch this. I'm going to be able to give you a couple of these, and i got to finish the rest of this tonight. Now, now watch this. Say, Bishop, why is my confession so important? Watch this. You haven't been talking to somebody and describing something to them, and you're using words, but here's what they say. Oh, I see. Where, where, where the church at? Just go south on Parker Road and then uh, go east on Yale or whatever. <laughs> Where am I right there? Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm going to tell you, because I, I don't listen, south and east and all that, look at here. What is it next to? <laughs> oh, cross, why don't you just say cross the street from the McDonald's? I don't know, why you can just say that? You sitting there talking about go west on the 1100 block of this and all that. I'm, I ain't no truck driver. I don't know how to follow that. Watch this, though. People use words, but you see a picture. Are you getting this? Your confession is so important because your words are forming pictures which become your future. Say, my words are forming pictures that become my future. That's deep. No, 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 watch this. Uh, I want you to go. I'm going to give you two scriptures, and then we, got to, then we got to move. Jeremiah 17. Go to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. There is no enemy between you and where you want to be except your mouth. Jeremiah 17. Now, remember, this isn't naming and claiming. This is homo legale. Say what God says. You understand? So if he didn't say it, you shouldn't say it. I'm going to say it again. If he didn't say it, you shouldn't say it. So since he didn't say you broke, why you say that? Since he didn't say you always seem to meet the wrong people, why you say that? You know your neighbor was sitting up just this weekend talking about, I just can't meet nobody. You know why they can't? Because that's what they say. And everybody they do meet is Ike's cousin. Sing the song anyway. Watch this. Jeremiah 17, go to verse 9. You got it? Now watch this. Your confession is so important for this reason. The heart is what? Deceitful above all things. So when people tell me, I just got a good heart. You a lie? <laughs> the Bible says your heart is deceitful. The Hebrew word there is lev, which means your mind, the seat of your decision making. He says above all things, and it's desperately wicked. Uh, that phrase means it's incurably sick. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Watch this. And I give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now, now check this out. If you read that from surface level, you'll think God says, well, God is, God is what I'm living is God paying me back for the way I'm, the things I'm doing. That's not what it says. The word ways there, say ways. The word ways in Hebrew is the Hebrew word derek which means conversation. Okay, let's get us all on the bus here. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. I give to every man according to the way he talks. According to his conversation. Okay. According to the fruit of his doings. Watch this. God says, the only things I've given you is the stuff you had enough audacity to talk about. And whatever it is you do talk about is what I give you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so watch this. If I don't like what I have, I need to change my conversation. Because God says, I give to you according to the way you talk. Yeah, yeah, folk, you've been in a good mood, great mood. 
I mean, one of your thank you Jesus moves where you just finished listening to gospel music in the car and you just, you're there. And somebody walk up on you and they got all this negative talk and negative this and all this, that, and the other and who shot John and all that. And they come up on you with all that and all of a sudden it changes your entire mood. Those words are what? Spirit. And they are changing your atmosphere. So my question to you is, are you a thermometer or a thermostat? Do you set the climate with your words or do you respond to the what other folk got to say? Are you still here? All right, we're going to go one more because I, I need to get this. Go one more. Go to Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12. Go verse 13. What is this? It's important. Say, my words are painting a picture of my future. I promise you, you look back a year ago, whatever you were saying, that's what you're at right now. In fact, you can go back a week. And see, religion will teach you, well, just, you know, you never know what the Lord is going to do. That's a lie. I know exactly what he's going to do because I know what I said. You can't make God do nothing. Really? Really? Now, certainly I wouldn't presuppose that one has authority over God, so don't, don't go there. What I'm saying is, is God says, I give to you according to how you talk. Death and life are in the power of the devil. No. Hey, what's that? Death and life are in God's hands, and you never know what he's going to do. No. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Death and life, well, you know, Bishop, I didn't have no daddy to teach me nothing, so death and life is, no. Death and life on the power of what? Tell now watch this, Proverbs 12, 13, you got it? Watch this. The wicked is ensnared by the what? Transgression of his what? Lips. Notice it did not say by his transgression. It says by the transgression of his lips. You know what gets a lot of folk in trouble? It's, 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 it's the fact that they, they do stuff they ought not do, but then they have the gall and the intestinal fortitude to talk about it. He says they are ensnared by their lips. Obviously, the inference is by what they say. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your mouth is powerful. All right, all right, I'm going to give you, I said one more, I'm going to give you one more. Uh, <laughs> go, go to Proverbs 15, 4, and I'm going to finish this here, and we're going to finish this tonight. You need to be here tonight so you can get the rest of this teaching, because watch this. Um, how many people believe 2010 is going to be the best year of their life? How many people believe that? Okay. Now watch this, now, now, now watch this. We can, we can say, this is my year, but do you know why, you know why it never becomes your year? Because that's not specific enough. This is your year to what? You're right in your confession, this is my year. You're correct. You're alive and it is 2010. So, yes. But when the kings of the Most High learn how to start using their weapon, are you getting this? What I send you? Proverbs 15 and 4. Watch this. It says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But watch this. But perverseness in it, what's the it? The tongue does what? Breaks, old King James says, breaches. Amplified says, interrupts the spirit. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Uh, there is stuff. How many people you ever got a word from God that God was going to do something in your life? And it was a word from God. It was a prophetic word. You heard something. The Lord woke you up in the middle of the night. It was either God or that chili dog you had. One or two. And, and, and you got a word from God. Come on, put your hands up. Come on, put your hands up. You got a word from God. Okay. How many believe that God wants you blessed? How many, yeah, okay. How many believe that God's made a covenant with you? Okay, and I've taught you all that. All right, now watch this. The Bible says your tongue can cause a breach in the spirit. Amen. Well, Bishop, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? Uh, uh, write it down. I don't have time to go there. Write it down. Numbers 14, 34. Watch this. 
I have seen very talented and gifted and anointed folk that because they could not control their tongue, the furthest they go is down the street. Bishop, why? Because they did not understand that their tongue was causing a breach in the spirit. Now, what does breach mean? Touch your neighbor and say, what does breach mean? A breach in the spirit means this. God says to the children of Israel, I have sworn to you. That means God says, I put my name on it. God says, I personally guaranteed this. God says, this ain't in the kingdom's name. This is in my name. When you personally guarantee something, that means all of your assets have to back up whatever it is you're guaranteeing. Watch this. God says, I personally guarantee to the children of Israel the promised land called Canaan, which for you and I today is the promised life. God says, I've given it to you. It's yours. One condition, you're going to have to fight some giants when you get there. But don't trip about the giants. Why? Because I gave you a weapon to be able to overcome the giants. But now watch this. God says to them, and I got to close it right here. God says to them, listen, only be strong and be of good courage and go take it. Look at them and say, take it. Which means God has not called you to take sides with anything or anybody. He's called you to do one thing, and that's what he's called harvest to do, and that's to take over. But now watch this. God says, y'all's tongues caused a breach of the covenant. And what that means is this. God says, even though I promise you all of this, you're not getting it. Bishop, what you mean? What, what you mean we ain't getting it? What, what, what you talking about? The children of Israel, all of the generation that was 20 and over, and generation in Scripture has nothing to do with chronological and numerical ages. It has everything to do with mindset. They said, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we're not going to be able to take the land. That was their... Say it like you know it. Usher wasn't the only one with confessions. For the young people. All right, watch this. He says, you have caused, Numbers 1434, he says, you have caused a breach of my covenant. Which means God says, even though I promise you all this, and even let some of y'all go see it, the most you'll ever know about it is what you heard because you'll never possess it yourself because your tongue caused the breach. Are you here? Now, 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 now watch this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish this right here and we're going to do the rest of this tonight. You got to be here tonight because you got to get the rest of it. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Why, why do you talk the way you do If I can just touch God, I know I'll be made whole. You know the problem with you. you what's this? Uh, you know the problem with uh, a lot of hype is that how many times you got to get loosed for you loosed. How many times we got to get free before we're free? If, if the Bible is true, which I believe it is, he who the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. So if I believe that, then my mouth ought to reflect that. You know why folks' marriages mess up? People say, we fell out of love. Well, that was your first problem. You should have fell in. Falling means you tripped. And anything you trip into is something you need to get right up out of. That means you fell into a ditch. Don't fall in love. Love is a decision. Because as soon as you fall in, you sure enough can fall right back. It just ain't the same no more. You know what people's, you know what marriages fail? Because of folks' mouths. You know why finances fail? Because of mouths. 
You know why children act all whatever? Because of mouths. But you are a king and a priest. Which means God says, all this stuff you praying, asking me to fix, I, I got a solution for you. Keep, keep praying. That's good. That's great. But I don't want to hear all that. I want you to change your confession. And don't just say what you want to say. Say what I say. And I'm out of time. Everybody stand on your feet. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's.